Welcome, welcome, welcome to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast, and this your boy Jalen. And you know this podcast, this episode is going to be mostly basketball because that's pretty much what's been happening in the news. Uh, there's some things I'm gonna get to, and I'm gonna get to those first because uh, this, again, this is going to be a, a main, mainly basketball episode. So if you don't, if you don't enjoy basketball, if you don't enjoy the NBA playoffs, that's much power to you. But I'm just forewarning you now that the first few segments are gonna be you know about other sports but mainly this episode is gonna be about the playoffs again i want to thank you guys for listening uh for all my youtube viewers in fact if you if you view anywhere uh whether that's youtube itunes soundcloud whatever please subscribe subscribe to my youtube channel subscribe to my soundcloud channel subscribe to wherever you listen to it uh leave a comment rate i i really would appreciate that um you subscribing uh, would mean a lot to me, of course. You just listening means a lot, of course, and I'm not taking away from that. But again, please subscribe. Uh, I'm the subscription somewhere, and stay tuned for uh, for a huge announcement this week. I'm just letting you know now. Letting you know now. Uh, all right, look, I just got a text. <laughs> I just got a text. Side note. Side note. I was asked that I get the force. For people that know me, I'm a huge sneakerhead, huge sneaker fan. I I get sh- I buy shoes a lot. I love shoes. And the the bread fours came out. Now I have I think it came out in 2000. Uh, it retroed again in 2012, I believe, with the Jumpman on the back. I have those. I don't. I didn't have the ones that came out Saturday because I am buckling buckling my shoe straps for the Travis Scott ones that come out on the 11th. So pray to the Lord Jesus I get them because that's definitely what I'm shooting for. But back to, back to back to um our regular schedule program. So Canelo Alvarez beat uh Jones by decision and what's funny was Canelo pretty much won the same way that Floyd Mayweather wins. And people kill Floyd Mayweather. Because Floyd Mayweather, hand, like hand for hand, like hand boxing, he isn't the best of all time. But he is the best, to me, defensive boxer of all time. He can go fight when only getting hit maybe 10 times in the entire fight. And Canelo pretty much did the same thing on Saturday. He barely got hit. Jones was throwing wildly. I think his name is Daniel Jones. He was throwing wildly, and and at first, the first probably about the f- three of the first five rounds, Jones had it, and then Canelo just turned on the "you ain't about to touch me" uh, button, and it was a wrap. Canelo has the strongest chin I think I've ever seen in my life. Daniel Jones hit this man with a clean left one time, and you heard it too. It I was like, damn. And Canelo ain't move. He was just like, all right, let's go. I'm like, yo, is there anything this man's chin can't absorb? So, yeah, Canelo Alvarez beat Daniel Jones by decision. And he he has a lot of belts. <laughs> Canelo has a lot of belts. Do I think right now, to me, 
he could be the best pound for pound for pound uh, boxer. Of course, you have in his weight class. Of course, I'm not talking about all around, but in his weight class, I think he's the best pound for pound. Of course, he's doing all these things on was it days D A Z N? Does it? I don't know. But he's you know, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, last time I saw him lose, like really lose, was probably the Floyd Mayweather fight. Now, of course, the we can always talk about the Triple G fight where a lot of people believe he lost it. I might be one of the people that believe he lost it as well. But as we know, Canelo's not going to lose in Vegas by decision. Unless you knock him out, He's or Triple G is not going to win, let's say, in Vegas by decision. Excuse me, I'm a little sick. Uh, but, damn, I'm always sick. I just realized that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Canelo Alvarez, I... He he might be the best pound for pound boxer. He has pretty much every freaking title in his weight class. So, you know that's that's how it goes. Uh, so shouts out to him. What else? Bobby Wagner. Um, damn, you see how we're just flying through this, and the episode just started. See, this is a thing that we've talked about in football forever. Is players? Football is the most violent sport. To me, like in, in in out of the major sports, of course you have hockey and you have rugby and everything. But Bobby Wagner is going in pretty much his going into pretty much his his final year of his contract, and he's expecting this to be the last year that he's with Seattle. Due to the fact that he wants a new deal and the money that he wants, Seattle more than likely is not going to want to give him. Probably because of his age. Bobby Wagner is still one of the best defensive football players in the league. But, again, it's it's a lot of money that he's probably much asking for. And it's crazy. The fall, like how much, how different Seattle is from, let's say, four years ago. Four years ago. They look like one. They were they were going to be one of the next dynasties in football. Their defense was probably one of the greatest defenses we've ever seen. Richard Sherman, uh, Bobby Wagner, uh, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor. They had pieces everywhere. Cliff Averill, and on the other side you had Doug Baldwin, Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch. Seattle looked like they were going to be powerhouses for years to come. They were one of the most outspoken teams. Of course, we all remember the press conferences and the interviews that Richard Sherman would do. We all know about the the There were there were times when the team disagreed with Pete Carroll and they didn't leave it in the locker room. But that's the culture that Pete Carroll and the Seahawks had. It was an open team, an open locker room. You can say what you wanted to say. You just pretty much had to produce on the field. And to a, to a certain extent, that could work. But if you look at all the teams in the NFL and all the teams that have won in the NFL, that recipe of having an open 
an open locker room hasn't really worked in in terms of winning. Look at look at look at the Steelers. The Steelers big names Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith Schuster. We see all that crumble. Now I'm not now this see have in order to have an open locker room like that, you have to have one a strong coach, and I'm not saying Mike Tollin nor am I saying Pete Carroll is a strong coach or is not a strong coach, but you have to have a strong coach. And once somebody or something gets out of line, you have to address it at that moment. There are several times when Antonio Brown, we all know about the Facebook incident, or Le'Veon Bell not showing up. Uh, There were several times when players give you the opportunity to step up and be a leader as a coach, as an organization, whether that's a player might be late for practice or might do something in the media or say something in the media that shouldn't be said. And as a as an organization or as a coach or as a leader, you should be able to address that person and they respect you enough to hear what you're saying. If you don't do that early, then it's not going to happen late. Or you won't be able to do that late. There's no way that Mike Tomlin could have reeled in Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. And that goes with the Seahawks. Seahawks were the loudest team in the NFL, but they were winning. They were winning. I will give you that. But the leaders on the team were also one of the loudest, whether that's Richard Sherman, whether that was Earl Thomas, whether that was in a certain way, Marshawn Lynch. So when you get to situations where some of the players start getting injured, they don't start performing the way that they should, they could, or they used to, let's say that. Contract negotiations start coming up. Rifts and feuds in the team start wearing his ugly head. Then you start seeing the true character of a team, not of players, at the end of the day, players want to do two things. They want to get paid and they want to play. In that order. But you see really how much a organization values not only you as a player, but what you stand for as a player and what they stand for as a team. We look today, going full circle, we look today, The only two people, three people, pretty much still on that dominant team is Russell Wilson, Doug Baldwin, who, by the way, is pretty much about to retire due to injury. Injury is pretty much forcing him to retire, so he's pretty much gone. And Bobby Wagner, who more than likely, this will be the last year that he's there. Russell Wilson just got a new contract, so he's going to be there for a while. I'm saying this to say the NFL, you have a shelf shelf life. You have a window. Every team has a window. Some teams windows are hella small. Some teams windows are huge, but you have a window. 
don't miss that window. Think about it. Think of how differently we would be talking about the Steelers and we will be talking about the Seahawks if they capitalized when they should have capitalized. In the in the playoffs, the 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 Steelers never really pulled it together. Whether that's Big Ben throwing an ass load of picks, Antonio Brown not showing up, Le'Veon Bell didn't even show up, or the Steel or the Seahawks, you're at the one yard line and you throw the ball in the Super Bowl. Bobby Wagner leaving the Steelers, I mean the Seahawks, I'm sorry, is the end of an era. Now, of course, again, you still have Russell Wilson, but that team's calling card was their defense. And Bobby Wagner was the last piece of that defense that was still there. I'm not saying he's leaving because, of course, they can get a contract done. But it's not looking too good. And all I'm saying to pull to 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 bring this back in is don't miss your window. Because if you really look at the landscape of the league now and the Seahawks and the Steelers, both of those teams to me are leaps and bounds away from winning a Super Bowl. We're even contending for a Super Bowl. The Steelers have so many defensive problems, and we don't know how they're going to be with two pretty much generational players gone. And the Seahawks, outside of Russell Wilson, what what do they really have? They have a solid ground game, but we'll see if they can replicate it from last year. But outside of that, they don't really have any wide receivers. They don't really have any defensive players outside of Bobby Wagner but we just talked about it so just don't miss your window because your window may never come again or it might take decades hell look at look at the Redskins when's the last time they were ever in playoff contention now let me not say when's the last time they were ever seen as viable for a Super Bowl hell even I just had a my last episode we talked I had a couple people on And we talked about 2012 when the Redskins were, they had RG3. And there was excitement in the air. RG3 was great. He was rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. And boom, what happened? Nothing. We haven't won a championship since 1993. So all I'm saying is don't miss your window. Do not miss your window. Because you never know when it's coming back. Uh, what else we're going to talk about? I don't know jack nothing about the Kentucky Derby. I don't know how um what's it what what's his what's his maximum I don't know how maximum security which is a horse's name. I don't know how he got disqualified. I know he got disqualified for it was like objection or something. Wasn't letting the horse pass. I have no idea what's going on there. I would be out. It would. 
I would be cheating you if I came on here act like I knew a lot about the Kentucky. I even looked up a lot of stuff and still didn't really understand. They were saying that he pretty much got disqualified or the horse got disqualified for objection because he didn't let another horse pass or something. But I thought in a race, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to let somebody pass because if they let you, if you let them pass, you're pretty much losing. But I, I don't know. So at the end of the day, Country House, which is another horse's name, won the Kentucky Derby. And it's funny. I saw a whole bunch of reactions. People that put their money, put thousands and thousands of dollars on maximum security to win. And then when they did, when they thought they won, they went crazy. Like they were screaming. And I would do the same thing. If I just won thousands and thousands of dollars, I would go crazy just to turn around and get Steve Harvey'd. Steve Harvey didn't be like, ah, I'm sorry. We were wrong. You lost. Ah, oh, man, I'd be heartbroken. I mean, shouts out to Country Horse, though. You know, you're a Kentucky Derby winner. And it, it sucks for maximum security. <laughs> ah, it's it sucks. Oof. It's, it's a tough one. But, uh, I think... I think it's time to get to, to basketball now. Again, I told you guys that this is going to be a main main basketball episode because most of the most of the stuff that went on this week or last week, I'm sorry, was basketball related. Um, shouts out to Monty Williams getting the be you know becoming the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. Monty Williams is a good coach to me. Uh, of course. Y'all remember what happened to his late wife? Unfortunately, she died, and it kind of it pretty much rocked him, which it would. So he 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 stepped away from coaching and had to get his stuff together, which I understand. And he came back, was assistant coach for a minute, and now he's the head coach. And this them coaching, you know, Monty Williams accepting the job for the Suns is. A huge blow for the Lakers, and I'm gonna tell you why. It wasn't the fact that Monty Williams didn't accept the La- or didn't didn't take the Lakers job. It's ha- what he said when he said the the front office was more in place than the Lakers. That means a lot. And of course, I'm paraphrasing what he said. He said a lot more, but he was pretty much saying that the front office for the Sons is a lot better than the front office for the Lakers. And that is saying a lot, especially when Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, is known for making terrible decisions for the organization. And he's the owner. The owner is not really supposed to make decisions like that. But Robert Sarver is known to make decisions like that. But that's telling when you when you come out and say the front office is, you know, to 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 lack of a better term, more buttoned up than the Lakers. The Lakers are in flux right now. First of all, the Lakers don't have a uh, basketball um, basketball operations dude. Magic Johnson left. They haven't they haven't looked. I guess that's Rob Palenka going through it. Also, they don't have a head coach. They're pretty much turning their attention now to Ty Lue. However, they haven't even offered, so I don't know what the hell's taking them so long. They don't have a coach. And you got to realize, 
the NBA playoffs. I mean, they're still in round two, but they're coming. They're 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 at this point, they're coming to a, a an end soon. You got the the next round, then you got the the championship, of course. But after that, you have free agency. You have to start uh, doing draft evaluations. You have to start scouting. You have to start talking to free agents. And if you don't have a coach or a president of operations, you're you're going not only with one hand tied behind your back, but with both hands and a blindfold. Because don't get me wrong, Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka is cool, I guess. But I don't. Do you, I don't really trust them in making the right decision when it comes to free agency and, and the draft. I don't I don't see that. Not to mention, most agents don't like Rob Palenka because he has a he has a history from what, what's been reported of being pretty much a shady a shady agent. And undermining agents, undermining undermining other agents clients and pretty much being like nobody really likes them as an agent of course of course so with that reputation why is a why would you want rob palenka as your spokesman talking to free agents and you know they're not really talking to free agents they're talking to agents not just not just a player. They're talking to agents. Everyone knows the Lakers is still going to be a, de- a, a a destination for where some free agents are going to go. But to me, if you're if you're Kevin Durant, if you're Kyrie Irving, if you're Kawhi Leonard, if you're those big name free agents, why would you want to go to the Lakers? Well, they can't even get their coach right right now, and that goes back to Monty Monty Williams. They to me they're pretty much waiting the doing the waiting game. They wanted they I think they wanted I don't think they pretty much said they wanted Monty Williams more than Ty Lue because they didn't want to. A lot of people in the front off or a lot of people stated that they you know they didn't want LeBron James to have full control of the team and they thought he would have full control of the team with Ty Lue coming in, but you lost Monty, so now you pretty much have to get Tyloo because they already said they're not getting any any more you know any any more f- head coach candidates the Lakers look terrible right now man and as a free agent why would you want to go to an organization that's not buttoned up like that I understand why Monty Williams didn't take the son or took the son's job they have a better young talent core with Devin Booker. You're probably going to have a top five pick. Could have the number one pick. Could have the number two pick. You know, you have. What's that dude? What's the, what's the, what's the center's name? I'm drawing the blank. You have the center. And. You you have the, the, the building pieces. All you just need is, is Robert Sarah to not get in the way. DeAndre Ayton, boom, I'm sorry. The Lakers, you don't know what the, you don't know which players are staying. You don't know which players. Well, the only player you know is staying is LeBron. All your young pieces could dip or could be traded for an Anthony Davis. All your veterans could leave because, I mean, they all were on one-year deals, so you have, you'll have to sign them again. I, I don't know where the Lakers go from here. 
And I don't think the Lakers, except for, of course, Ty Lue, but they have yet to offer him. They just, they're pretty much saying he's the only candidate, but if he's the only candidate, why hasn't he been offered? It's, 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 a, it's a crazy dynamic, but that's, that's, what we're, that's what the Lakers are facing right now. The Lakers need to get it together. <laughs> and they need to get a, need it to, need it to, to get, they need to get it together fast. Because right now, everybody's eyes are on the playoffs. But once the playoffs ends, that's when players start, all right, where am I going to play next year? Who are we drafting? And if you don't have a president of operations as well as head coach, what are you doing? So, the, and, and, it's, and it's crazy. It, it really shows you how unbuttoned the Lakers are. If you watched LeBron in the the new The Shop episode that I believe aired either on Friday or Saturday. And LeBron James stated that he pretty much went to the Lakers because he wanted to build something with Magic Johnson. And it was a shock to him because he got a text or a call from somebody saying, Magic Johnson stepped down, and he didn't even believe it. He was like, man, get the F out of here, man. You you lying. Stop stop playing. And then, of course, the, the the sports centers and bleacher reports of the world started hitting, you know, notifications started coming, and he was like, yo, that's for real. And LeBron James was, was shocked. And Lonzo Ball, who was a guest, who was one of the guests on the shop, learned it from LeBron. So the organization didn't even tell the players. The players told the players. And of course, the media told the players. That shows you the dysfunction that the Lakers are in right now. You have arguably one of the best. Not one. You have arguably the best player in the world right now. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. You have arguably the best player in the world right now. And you can't even get the president of operations. Right, and it came out that the real reason why he left is because he was blind CC'd on emails between Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss, I believe, pretty much, for lack of a better term, talking shit about Magic Johnson. So if you see this, like, that's, because remember he was talking about the backstabbing and everything in his, in his uh, impromptu press conference that he had. That's what he was talking about. So the Lakers just just messy all around. And now uh, if I was if I was LeBron, I'm like, yo, what the hell did I get myself into? I, <laughs> I can it's it's going to be it's going to be. I'm just I, I'm, I'm curious of how, what the Lakers are going to look like next year. I'm curious who they're going to get. I mean, I pretty much know who the coach is, but I'm pretty much I'm I'm curious to see which players he's going to be coaching, who's going to be the president of operations. Because right now it's looking like Rob Link is pretty much doing everything. I, I'm curious, man, and and the Lakers need to get it together and quickly, quickly. But back to the original point, man. Shouts out to shouts out to Monty Williams, uh, becoming the new head coach of. The Phoenix Suns, and I think he got a. I don't think they have it. They put a number out, but it was for five. It was it was pretty much confirmed it was for five years. So shouts out to him. 
Are we gonna we're gonna get to the playoffs? No. D'Angelo Russell, man. <laughs> Before we get to the playoffs, D'Angelo Russell, what are you doing? Look, I, I So for people that don't know, D'Angelo Russell was cited at an airport for having pretty much a fake Arizona tea can that was actually a thermos for weed. And they found it and he was cited. A couple things. I understand that players smoke weed. I understand that people smoke weed. I don't do it myself, but I understand that people smoke weed. Hey, whatever you do, live your life. But a couple things, D'Angelo. Um, one, why? And this is this is the fact that keeps going around. But I'm gonna address it myself because this is my podcast. Why are you smuggling, or why are you sneaking illegal contraband in illegal contraband? Anybody that's been on a plane knows you can't bring outside liquids on a plane. So you think that they're not, you had a better shot of having a, uh, your own jersey and having it wrapped up in a jersey before you were going to get past TSA with a freaking Arizona can. And then you think that's the first time that they've seen that, like, oh, okay, well, that's the first time we've seen this. Come on, TSA pretty much sees everything, I'm sure. So when they they see an air you trying to sneak an Arizona can, they're like, "All right, we pretty much know what this is." Like ah, uh, that's one. Two. I'm pretty sure you make a lot of money, my friend. I'm pretty sure wherever you're going, wherever you were going, he, there's weed wherever you land. I'm pretty sure a person of your stature can find a good weed man in any part of the world. So why would you smuggle weed when you can just buy weed when you land? It it doesn't. I Look, of course, we all know the Stephen A. Smith stay off the weed. I, we get that. But you're telling me you couldn't buy it from somebody so you don't you don't have this cloud for lack of no puns intended hanging over your head like come on like and then three and this is to me the most egregious thing you're d'angelo russell you're a six four point guard you think that you can sneak anything you're a six four in fact are you six four let me look this up D'Angelo Russell. You are a 6'5 point guard trying to sneak anything in a plane. First of all, let's 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 just think about this real quick. How many people in this world are 6'4 or 6'5 and taller? How many of those people are walking around an airport on a regular basis? How many of these people are African are are not African American? Because you already look suspicious being that tall. Even if they know you, 
you're not blending in, so you're not going to be able to sneak anything. I think what he thought was, I'm D'Angelo Russell. They're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to pet me. But this is TSA. You're still a black man in America that has a lot of money. You know, come on. And four, now I don't think that it's going to affect him getting a new deal because remember, he is becoming, he is a free agent pretty much. I don't know if this is going to affect his deal, but a a team could be like, well, you realize he's still not buttoned up. Because remember the, the off the court crap that they, that happened with the Lakers and Nick Young. A team could be like, oh, he's still not buttoned up. And that could affect your money, my friend. So you just got to be so I'm not I'm not judging him for smoking. I'm not judging him for do, you know, doing his thing. Live your life, bro. There's there's uh, people smoke all the time. I don't again, I don't smoke, but people smoke all the time. I'm not judging you for that. You do your thing. What I'm judging you is be smarter, man. There were so many opportunities not to put yourself in this situation. And you chose every opportunity to put yourself in this situation. That's all I'm saying about about, about this. <laughs> that's that's all I'm saying. Um you, you, you gotta be smarter, D'Angelo. You just you just gotta be smarter. Uh playoff well i guess we'll have some playoff updates last night or yesterday the rockets i mean the the raptors um beat the philadelphia 76ers i believe it was like 10106 to 103 or one something like that 116 to 112 something like that they won and Also, Denver beat Portland. What that was one sixteen, I believe they had one sixteen to one twelve. Jamal Murray had like thirty five points last night. He, he he was going crazy, and it got me thinking. You know what? Let's yeah. Let's get to the unpopular topic of the week. Welcome to the unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. So we're in the second round of the playoffs. Right now, uh, Golden State has a two-one lead over the over Houston. The Portland Trailblazers and Denver Nuggets series is tied up at two apiece. Philly and Toronto is tied up at two apiece, and Milwaukee, I think, is up two-one right now. I think they play tonight. I think, but it got me thinking. I'm going to do a top five most disappointing players 
in the playoffs so far and top five or the best players in the playoffs so far. Some of these players, I'm, I'm going to start with the disappointing. Some of these players are expected to be on this list. Honestly, when I made this list, I was like, yeah, yeah, these these, these two, I, I'm not surprised on the list. Some players are definitely surprising on the list. And let's start with number five. I had to go with Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is one of, to me, the best five shooters of all time. He is not only one of the top five best shooters in the world, but he's one of the best defenders in the league. And on any on every night he he is his his task is to slow down an important player on the opposite team. The opposite team right now just so happens to be the Houston Rockets. And while Klay Thompson's defense has been up to par this 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 playoffs, his offense has has for lack of a better term, not gotten off the ground. He's averaging like he's not he's averaging like 15 or 16 points a game he's struggling clay thompson is struggling right now and i don't know if it's i i don't know if it is uh, i don't know i he it's maybe it's he's not getting as much touches as he usually gets I don't know if he's just cause he, he's just missing right now. I, I don't know, but Clay Thompson is not hitting, and it's really it really has an effect on the Golden State Warriors. Again, right now the Golden State Warriors lead. They're they're leading Houston. He's, he's having like 20, 21 points a game. That's that he 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 he's a lot better than that. When Clay Thompson is at least because right now three percent from the three point. Wow, every top the man like four, like five or six threes a game. Sometimes more, of course, because he's, he's he's like that. When Clay Thompson is hitting on all cylinders, he, that's just another weapon that Golden State has to their to their arsenal. And the fact that he's not hooping right now or hitting right now is really hampering what Golden State can do offensively. And we'll talk about somebody else on this team that is going to be on this list. Wink, wink. But Klay Thompson is one half of the Splash Brothers. And if the Splash Brothers aren't hitting, it, it, it really Golden State becomes a team that you can easily scheme for and we saw that in game three golden state was terrible outside of one player two players because draymond green had another triple double he was good but they were terrible and they lost by the it went to overtime which they could have won that game but they lost, and Clay Thompson hasn't had that 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 breakout game yet. The best game he had was game 
one, two, when he scored 21 points. That's not, that's not, no, that's, he had 16 first, I mean, 13 first game, 22, 21, I'm sorry, the second game, and 20, and 16 the third, that's not, that's not going to work. I'm sorry, he's averaging 17 points in the postseason and shooting 39% from three-point line. That's not going to cut it. That's why he is fourth, I mean fifth, on my most disappointing list. Number four goes to CP3. We know CP3 is getting up there in age. And this whole year, I think he's only cracked 30 twice, I believe, the entire year. So I'm not really expecting... Let me say this. I'm not ex- I wasn't expecting CP3 to be a, a, a true offensive weapon, but Houston needs him to be. Because if you think about it, outside of and somebody else who's been open. No, outside of this, really, Eric Gordon's the the reason that they're, they're Eric Gordon of Game Three. Now, yes, I believe James Harden dropped thirty. If it was <laughs> Houston, I think seven three. I mean, the first game in this series, he had seventeen. Second game, eighteen. Game fourteen. That's about about six. sixteen. Sixteen game assist that I don't want to look at. First game he had four assists. No game he had assists to four turnovers. Third game he had seven assists to two turnovers. If Chris Paul isn't isn't he's not really scoring like that. So if he's not scoring like that and not assisting like that, what is Chris Paul doing? We clearly see after this year he's not going to be a reliable offensive weapon or an offensive weapon that can carry you. But if he's not assisting the ball or taking some of the burden off of James Harden then Chris Paul is 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 going to be a liability now yes he's still a scrappy defender but he's still also six feet and that's gonna get exposed quickly so that Chris Paul he he's okay so he hasn't been that much of a negative for his team but he hasn't been that much of a positive either Playing third minutes for 44 minutes. That's, that's, I understand he's getting old again, but, or getting older. Let me say that. But CP3 needs to give more. And I fear if he can't give more. Look, I, I think that a lot of things went right for Houston in game three. I think Iman Shepard hit about three or four threes. P.J. Tucker grabbed like 17 rebounds. A lot of them was offensive rebounds. And Golden State struggled outside of KD and Dre Mon Green. And they barely won in a time. So CP3 needs to... to Really, at least one of these games, maybe have one of those 18 and 15 games, you know, 18 points, 15 assists, one of those type games that, that he hasn't had yet. And if he doesn't, this could be a quicker series than probably Houston thought. Three is Sergi Baca. 
No, he's not a superstar. He's not even a star. But he's a cool player. Sergi Baca, right, he's always been known for the prize, but he's known for outside threes. He has been absolutely terrible this entire playoffs. Not just this series against the Sixers. He's been terrible this whole playoffs. He's not hitting threes. He's getting lost on defense. He's not hitting twos. He's just a liability out there. Why is he number three? Because the number one and two has been worse. But Serge Ibaka has been terrible. I don't really, I can't really say much about Serge Ibaka. He's just been terrible, terrible. And that doesn't bode well for for Raptors team, which I'm gonna admit before the season I or yeah before the season I had Toronto going to the finals. I thought that a better bench, they could have been one of the best defensive teams, which they were one of the best defensive teams in the league. But if you look at them now, right now, like today in this series against the Sixers, their defense isn't playing that well. Their bench is one of the worst. Like they're playing what Fred and stay on the court. He's been so bad. Sergi Baca has been horrendous. And they're playing like a team that doesn't belong. Now, yes, they won yesterday. Or, yes, they won yesterday. But it's not. Uh, can they still make it to the finals? Yes. But there's a lot of things that need to turn around. And one of them needs to be the play of Serge Ibaka. And that's why he's number three. <sighs> so for number two, <laughs> has to go to Steph Curry. Now, I Steph Curry probably had one of the worst games, if not the worst game in a, of his playoff career on Saturday. The man missed, I think he went one for like, or two, one or two for like or eight three points. He went one for seven from the three-point line and missed seven shots in the restricted area, which are pretty much layups. And we all know the the famous dunk at the end of the game where he got hung. It was it was embarrassing. <laughs> and now and, and there's a notion. On. Let me let me first address the notion that Steph Curry does not show up in big games or does not show up in the playoffs. Let me just read you some things. First, let me say. Steph Curry, number two on this list, and most disappointing because he's played awful this series. I think he's averaging like maybe 19 points a game, which is well below Steph Curry's average. He's like 5 or 22% from the three-point line, which is horrible for, Curry, for horrible for any NBA player, especially Curry, the greatest shooter ever. And he just, he can't. And he has struggled with fouls this entire series. And it's been, it's really hurt. He's really hurt. Golden the most. Because Golden State, when, when Steph Curry's playing good, Golden State is damn near unstoppable. When he's hitting threes, when he's getting people involved, he, he is the engine that makes Golden State go. So when he's playing great, Golden State is 
is is operating on another level when he's Golden State is susceptible to lose like they did on Saturday. But there was a narrative going around that's saying that Steph Curry does not show up in the postseason, right? Steph Curry doesn't deserve his ring. Steph Curry is overrated. That's that's what's going around uh, right now. Let me just read something to you. So, since 2012, let me read to you Steph Curry's uh, playoff playoff um yeah let me read to you Steph Curry's playoff points average 2012-2013 he averaged 24 points next year he averaged 23 the year after 20 then it was 25 28 26 and 23 Steph Curry is a two-time champion I believe the first MV, uh, finals MVP that went to Andre Iguodala should have went to Steph Curry, but that's that's another conversation. Day. Steph Curry is still one of the. What am I saying? Steph Curry is the best point guard in the league right now. To me, he's top five point guard of all time. Steph, what's that? What's happening with Steph right now is 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 undefensible. Steph Curry is having a poor. Do I think he can climb out of it? Of course I do. But Steph Curry so far has had a terrible series. Steph Curry T is the main reason they lost game three. I'm not absolving him of that. The man missed six, seven layups. Let's not forget Steph Curry is still Steph Curry. Steph Curry is still the reason why you go to any game, any college game, any high school game, any middle school game, any elementary school game, and you see kids jacking from damn near half court. Steph has changed the game. So when I, when I when when you hear people saying that Steph Curry is underrated or overrated, let's really sit back and think about what you're really saying. He doesn't step up for big moments. Last year, game, what, the last game, game four of the finals, he had 36 points. He had one bad game in the finals. I do agree. That was game three, and that's the game that KD went crazy. But outside of that game, Steph Curry had like 30 every game. And that's in the finals. So when you're saying he doesn't step up in big moments, what are you really talking about? But Steph Curry still gets second on my list. Because he has defend Steph Curry being as crazy as, but what I can't defend is he's been terrible this series. I'm just keeping it a bean. Steph Curry has to be better, or you're going to be in danger of the Houston climbing back in this. Yes, they won game. I didn't think they were going to sweep Houston. Of course, I, I thought Houston was going to win game three. But game four is a very important game. Trust and believe. Change the way you play, Steph. And Houston wins decisively in game three or four. You have a series on your hands, my friend. And that's not what you want. And let me, let me, let me talk about my number one choice for most of the series, of the, playoffs so far 
I did a podcast episode a little ago talking about the most overrated players in the NBA. And my number one player was Kyle Lowry. And it's funny how the universe works and how we are back to full circle. And now Kyle Lowry is my most disappointing player of the Plafar. And I'm going to tell you why. To me, Kyle Lowry, he's an all-star, of course, but he's not a superstar. He's a star, I guess, but Kyle Lowry's been horrible. And we all know about playoff Kyle Lowry. That's, you know, his game decisively goes down in the playoffs. But Kyle Lowry's been this series. In fact, game one of this series, he didn't score at all. Game two, he did all right. I think he scored like 16 points. Game three, he only scored seven points. And the game yesterday, he, he dropped 16. Kyle Lowry is, has been horrible. I said Sergi Baca, who was on this list, has been horrible. Kyle Lowry has been equally, if not more, horrible. And honestly, it's not really that close. Kyle is the worst player next to probably Van Vliet on the Raptors. And it sucks that this is a very important year for the Raptors, especially when you have Kawhi Leonard who can bolt after this year, who probably will bolt after this year. Kyle Lowry, to me, is the most overrated player in the league. And he's been the most overrated player in the league for a while now. And it it just shows that Kyle Lowry is one of the most uh, terrible players in the playoffs. And it shows. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a mental block. I don't know what it is. But he just plays like zero points, fam. Zero points in game one. Seven points in game three. Yeah. That's not cool. And that's definitely not going to beat. Oh, God. Kyle Lowry is he's so trash. <laughs> Kyle Lowry's trash. And I'm not saying this from a, like, I, I'm being, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible. Because I talk about everybody on this podcast. If you suck, you suck. But Kyle Lowry has a place hard for trashness. He's not that good. <laughs> Let's keep it a bean. Kyle Lowry ain't that good to me. And. I'm not saying that because of his regular season stats. I'm saying that because of his playoff stats. Because he does this every year in the playoffs. I thought, see, again, I chose go. I mean, I chose Toronto to make it to the finals because I thought Kyle Lowry had to play that way because you're playing alongside DeMar DeRozan, both of who who isn't really known as a defender. While DeMar DeRozan is a great scorer. He's not a defender at all. And the burden, you know, that backcourt pretty much had a burden of guarding some of the best backcourts because, you know, you had Kyrie back then. You had John Wall and Brad Bill. You had to guard people. And I just didn't think that they they could manage the two. So playing alongside Kawhi Leonard now, who is better than DeMar DeRozan, I thought, okay, the onus is off of Kyle Lowry so he can do what he does. Apparently, what he does is 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 pure shit in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry that 
like at this point, I don't. Ex- I am shocked if he ever. If the two games that he dropped more than fifteen, I was shocked. I, I was shocked yesterday. I was like, oh shit, Kyle Lowry's having a good game. What is going on? I'm shocked, and, and that should never be from a, 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 a all star, a perennial all star at that. It it. Not to mention the man is he played at Villanova, which is in Philly, so he should. I don't know. Kyle Lowry sucks to me. I've been finished on a good note, man. Let's do the most, uh, the five most, the five best players. You know, we just did the most disappointing. To recap, number five was Clay Thompson. Number four was Chris Paul. Number three was Sergi Baca. Number two was Steph Curry, and number one was Kyle Lowry. These players, now I'm not saying uh, this next category, of course, is the most, or the best players at the playoffs so far. I think we already know who number one is, but we're, we're going to do due diligence. We'll talk about all of them. Number five. To me, has to be Jokic. Jokic last night, I think, had a had a second straight triple double. Jokic has been everything for Denver. Denver struggled, even though he had a great game last night. Jamal Murray has struggled. Gary Harris has been no has nowhere to be found. Will Barton has been a negative for the team instead of a positive. The only positive that's been consistent is Jokic. Jokic has hooped his ass off this playoffs and it is it, it it's clear that he is the most he's one of the most skilled big men if not the most skilled big men in the playoffs now of course we can talk about Joel Embiid who is also one of the most skilled big men but if we're talking about pure skill it's hard for me to choose somebody outside of Jokic, the way that he can pass, the way that he can shoot. The, his defense is trash, but the way that he can, he, he pretty much plays point at times. And he is a point guard. I mean, he is a center. So when you get all that, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough to, 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 to overlook what he's been doing because he's been the heart and soul of that team. Jokic, without Jokic, I don't think that first it wouldn't be they wouldn't have made it past the Spurs in the round one. But even if they would have, they wouldn't be two two or two one. I'm sorry against Portland. They might it might be three three zero easily. And that brings me to my number four, which is Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has been on a tear since waving since since. Scorching Russell Westbrook. Damian Lillard had me rethink my top five point guards in the league right now. Look, Damian, there's Dame time, but he has been on a scoring tear. Now, yes, he struggled. He struggled last night. I'm not going to absolve him of that. But Damian Lillard has been has has been on another level. He's trying to avenge the last two postseasons when they've been swept. I don't know what it is. 
But the first game, boys, second game, game, he dropped 28, and last night he dropped 28. And, of course, this is coming off dropping 50 against OKC and Russell Westbrook. It is undeniable what Damian Lillard is doing. It is undeniable. And, and Damian Lillard, to me, again, I told you I had to re- it was I had to choose between is Damian Lillard better than Kyrie Irving? That's the real conversation I've been having with myself. Because if you look at to me the 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 point guard rankings, I had Kyrie second. But I'm really thinking is Damian Lillard the second best point guard in the league? This playoffs has this this playoff run that he's on is 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 one unlike anything Portland's ever seen because he's I think creeping on the the leading playoff point score for Portland as a franchise but I, I, I didn't think Portland more Portland could go from getting swept two years in a row to make it to the conference finals and it's really because of Damian Lillard Damian Lillard has been on another level and and that's that's for a lack of a better term what I can say because it's pretty it's kind of it's, it's it's kind of ridiculous what he's doing I mean in this in these playoffs right the man's averaging damn near 28 points he's averaging damn near 30 in fact he's averaging 31 points a game that is incredible for a person who is the main focus of of the offense yeah you have CJ McCullum but you want to slow down Dame before anything else. And he's still dropping 31 a game. That That's why he's my fourth best player. My third, number three, has to go to Giannis. Giannis hasn't had the scoring output that anybody else on this list has had. But Giannis' defense... The way that Giannis bounced back from that horrible game one to now being up 2-1 against Boston. Giannis has played like Giannis. I think he had 28 or or 28 plus the last two games. And incredible. Giannis, Giannis looks like, oh my gosh, and he's hitting threes now. Not, not at like a Steph Curry rate, but. He's hitting threes. I think last game, he was like three. No, the game before last, like three for five. Nothing. That shot like starts hitting on a regular basis. We're going to really have to rethink this whole best player in the league conversation. Not saying that it would be Giannis, but we're going to have to really think about his placement. If he really starts knocking down threes at a consistent basis. But... It's, we're really starting to see now. Game one fooled us into thinking, "Oh snap, Boston might have a have a formula to stopping Giannis." Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. That's that's not the case at all. Giannis has just, um, Giannis has just been on another level, and or Giannis just had a bad first game, and it. He he's corrected it, and now he's looking like the honest of old. And that's that's not that's not what you want for 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 as a Boston fan. 
and and he he's he can play better. That's why he's only number three. But Giannis has to be on this list. And before I get to the last two, the last two are pretty much another level than everybody else on this list. Been playing these these last two that I'm going to name have been playing on a on a on a. It's like. You ever been playing pickup, right? And or you ever go to the gym, right? Probably adult hooping or something like that in a rec rec center and nobody shows up but the high school kids that were in before you got there. And you're just trying to hoop. And because no adults show up, or maybe one or two adults show up. You pretty much say, all right, the kids can stay. We'll play with them. And, and you just dominate these high school kids. Because, I mean, you're better than them. It's like these last two that I'm going to say are men amongst boys. And that goes to my number two, which is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, I believe, is averaging 37.8 points in these playoffs. Or, no, not these playoffs. This series against Philly, he's already the franchise leader in playoff points. He's the only player that's averaged, I believe, over 35 points in a series in franchise history. And he is... Yeah... A lot of people, including myself, forgot Kawhi Leonard was, especially all the crap that happened last year. In fact, Kawhi Leonard is playing a lot better now than he did last year. Kawhi Leonard has been on a tear. He's making Ben Simmons or anybody that guards him look stupid. The man dropped like 42 yesterday. Or 39, no, or 40, I think it was like 39 yesterday. Kawhi Leonard, he's, he's doing it, it looks like he's doing it so effortlessly. Kawhi Leonard, and the crazy, Kawhi Leonard is still one of the, if not the best defender in the league, and it shows. Kawhi Leonard is killing these people. Kawhi Leonard is, is, is whoever he's guarding ain't scoring. And Kawhi Leonard is... Scoring on them like they're little kids. Kawhi Leonard has been on another another level. And it sucks that the rest of his team has been garbage. Which is why they're tied 2-2. He's the reason why they're tied 2-2. Nobody else. Kawhi Leonard has kept them afloat in this year. If Kawhi Leonard hasn't been as good as he is... They wouldn't have not they have they would not have won a game in this series. Kawhi Leonard is the only reason why it is 2-2. But then you have number 1. Kevin Durant is my number 1 choice for best player in 
the playoffs so far. And Kevin Durant is my choice for best player in the NBA right now. This isn't recency biased. Kevin Durant has been scoring like this for a while. I think there's a couple reasons why I think is being glorified right now so much. He's been scoring like this. Actually, no. He's been scoring like this for a while. He He was not scoring like this for OKC. Yes, he can score. And yes, the last time he went to the finals with OKC, when he played the Heat, he still pretty much averaged 30 a game. But Kevin Durant, to me, is one of the greatest offensive players of all time. The way that he can shoot over people, the way that he can handle the ball at seven feet, the way that he can get to the rim, the way that he can facilitate, you know, he sees passing lanes, the way that he plays defense, the way that he does everything he is one of the greatest players of all time to me right now he's top 20 by the end of his career he can be top 10 i think there's a couple like i said there's a couple reasons why we're really glorifying this right now one because we don't have lebron james in the playoffs Let's just be real. The the media loves LeBron James, and rightfully so. He's one of the best players in the world, but or ever. But with LeBron James, it's like you see him, and people automatically think, all right, nobody can be as good as LeBron. Even though Kevin, I've been arguing, Kevin Durant's been better than LeBron for a while, to me. He's just playing on a team where it's he doesn't have to do that much. He's just been off. He's been efficient. But now that LeBron James is in the, in the isn't in the playoffs, where people are are really noticing just how great Durant is. Two, Steph Curry, Thompson struggling offensively, so it, it pretty much has to be him. It has to be KD, or they're not winning. KD. I looked up one game, right? I was like, yo, Katie's killing. Yo, how much? How much? Yo, yo, Katie is just. He is. How much has he. And Katie has 30, 30 points. I said, yo, this is the third quarter. Now, I guess they lost the game. But they were down like 15. And KD rattled off 12 straight easy points. The only reason why I say Houston will lose this series is because of Kevin. They don't have an answer for Kevin Durant. Yes, P.J. Tucker plays good defense. But at a certain point, Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. P.J. Tucker was on Kevin Durant a lot of these 46 points that he just scored. Also, he was a lot of those 29 points that he scored last game or the game before last. And game one, he was a lot of those 35 points. Not to mention, Houston likes to switch all the time. So they're trying to put Clint Capella on KD. Barbecue chicken. Look, man, KD is has been incredible. 
And I do, look, Katie's on another level. Katie is the best player in the world, and he has, and that's why he is my number one. And and he's reminded people that he is the best player in the world to me right now, and that's why he is my number one player in these playoffs so far. So to recap, number five was Jokic. Number four was Damian Lillard. Number three was damn, who was my number three? <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number two was Kawhi Leonard, and number one was Kevin Durant. Uh, let's get to the game of the week. Game blouses. It's your game. I call game. Respect the game. It's game time. You play no games. It's the game of the week. My game of the week is tonight, actually. Or by the time you're watching this, it's probably ending. And that is Milwaukee and Boston. Milwaukee is up 2-1 against Boston, and they're in... Boston right now. The last thing that you want for Boston is to not only go down 3-1, but to lose both games at home and to have to play game five in Milwaukee. See, a lot has gone wrong for Boston this year, whether that's all the talking to the press to some of the key players like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown not really stepping up or Gordon Hayward not stepping up the way they're supposed to to the in 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 locker room bickering and fighting to all the you know is Kawhi Leonard I mean is Kyrie gonna stay is Kyrie gonna go it's just a lot has gone on with Boston but the last thing that you want to do is to go to the number one team in the NBA right now and be down 3-1. That was that's not gonna look good for anyone at Boston in Boston. This is a very important game for Boston. The last there ain't no 3-1 comebacks today. This year. Kyrie needs to ball out. Jason Tatum needs to ball out or I promise you, they will be home by the end of the week. My game of the week is tonight. And and by the time you listen to this, by the time I drop this, the game will probably be close to ending. But my game of the week is Milwaukee and Boston, which will be tonight at 7 o'clock, which has already happened. I'm going to be real true. I, I shoot this. I record this Monday morning. So I'm not gonna act like this is live. This is this is shot. This was recorded early Monday morning. So there you have it, man. Again, I'm trying to get them Travis Scott ones. <laughs> if anybody can bless me with them, if I if I don't, let's let's first first let's pray that I do I do hit for retail. I wear a size 13, people. So if you're trying to bless the kid, bless the kid. But Again, this is the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for continuing to stay 
me, continue to rock with me, continue to listen to me, continue to watch me. Again, there is a major announcement coming this week. Uh, please, 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 please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe uh, to wherever you listen to this. Leave a comment. Uh, my iTunes people, uh, leave a five stars or leave whatever, how, however many stars you think I deserve. I would, it would be greatly appreciated. I, I w- at least subscribe, even if you don't listen that much, or maybe listen periodically, or if, even if you listen two minutes ever. Please just subscribe. It really helps me, and I do appreciate it. But again, this is the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, and until next time, much love.
wish we were both somebody else So you wouldn't meet somebody else yeah. I don't wanna lay here by myself I ain't afraid to say I'm something else. 